Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Lights. Camera. Action. It's the KSL Movie Show. The end is inevitable. They've kind of set it for extinction. Maybe so, sir, but not today. The week's big movie review. Movie news, games, and prizes. Here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. Right now, we are being so unoffensive, we might as well be a Hallmark Christmas movie. You know what I'm saying? On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome into another edition of the KSL Movie Show. I just blasted Steve's ears out with that, that little blood energetic intro. You've made it to Friday. It's the end of the work week. And we're going to have some fun, relax. We're going to talk movies and streaming. And uh, some bigger things this week. But uh, Really? Bigger? Well, I mean, it just feels like there's a lot coming. You know, this week and next week, I was just looking at, uh, at some basic things of what we got. And, there's a lot coming out all at the same time. I mean, this is not, well, we've got a couple of movies and we've got to figure out what else to talk about. It's, okay, do we have enough time to talk oh. about all the things that are coming out? So um, this week has been a nightmare as far as watching. Well, and they didn't screen a lot of this week, so we had to cram a whole bunch in yesterday. Oh, we did? No, I had to watch three movies yesterday also. I just couldn't make it to the theater for one of the ones that you did that I, I have a feeling is going to make one of our lists. Oh, there's a two or three movies I saw this week that might make that worst list. We have a special segment of the movie show. But let's get started right now with the movie show preview sponsored by Call Climate Services. The following preview has been rated G and is appropriate for all audiences. The movie show special feature. All right. So, Steve, the big movie of this week, a new superhero movie, but with a little bit of a different twist. Yeah, it had some heart. And it's called? Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle. So don't be put off by the name. Yeah, no. And the way Gustavo wrote it with, like, one of the Fab Four, <laughs> the Blue Beetle. The Blue Beetle. Oh, he's... <laughs> okay, so we've got Blue Beetle. <laughs> Thank you, Gustavo. Just wanted to see if he was awake. <laughs> okay, so that's a big one. It's a DC comic superhero movie. We'll be talking about that in our next segment. Also this week, Strays. Wow. Uh, that's going to be a tough one to try to convince people to either. Well, it'll be I easy to convince theory. them not to see it. I have a theory about Strays that we'll talk about when we review it. It's a, Of course, it's a talking dog movie, but it's a grown-up talking dog movie. Very, very much so. Wow. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Landscape with Invisible Hand. So I came home from that movie last night, and I was thinking, maybe I should. Uh, do I want to go? Yeah. Okay, I'll go. 
I came home. My daughter goes, so how was it? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know how I don't it was. know. I don't know exactly what I just watched. And then I started reading up on it and background, and, and I still don't know. So you've had 12 hours to sit on this, 14 hours. Yeah, and every moment of that, I was thinking, boy, I wish Andy had seen that instead of me. <laughs> okay. Well, that, me that and should give another, you an idea. Me and a, another couple, two people, three of us in a 500-seat theater. Ooh, yeah, that's exciting. Where did they sit? Very close. <laughs> Lots of uncomfortably to close, from, and they sat right in front of you. Okay. Well, they were a little off to the side, one one seat over. And then we have Alien. Now we're we're going to talk about aliens in a couple of different movies. Aliens abducted my parents, and and now I feel kind of left out. So it's a long title. We can shorten it maybe a little bit to Aliens Abducted My Parents, a movie uh, that was a Sundance movie selection. Yep. Uh, it is, this one is very family friendly. I, I watched it. Uh, it it's it got a, it's, there's a few. Departures, yeah. Yeah, departures is probably a good word, but uh, we're going to talk about that. And even better, we're going to talk with the director of that movie yeah. uh, in our next hour. Jake, yeah. And then we have Passages. Okay, this one's rough. This one's right. Really? It's French. Okay. And I, the moment I met the lead guy in this movie, in, you know, watching him, I instantly hated him. That's a talent. It is, I think. To be instantly hateable. And then he got worse throughout the movie. Wow. I, oh, I wanted to punch him in the face. He was such a jerk. Was there people in the screening that would have prevented you from doing it to no, the No, I screen? watched it at home. Oh, you watched it at home. Oh, and you didn't want to break anything. That makes sense. That makes yeah, it's sense. That's my house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then on streaming, we have a movie called The Monkey King, which uh, it sounds like we're going to be a little bit split on this one. Well, I mean, it's, I've seen this a thousand times before. And then we've got uh, other streaming items. Miguel Wants to Fight, a shorter movie that's on Hulu that's kind of a funny... I, I got a total I, kick out of this movie. I thought it was really funny. Because... Ha- haven't you ever been at a point in your life where you're like, I don't think I've ever been in a fight. Maybe I should be in a fight. Should I get in a fight? I got in a fight in sixth grade. And I didn't I got, want to, but I did. Yeah, I got in a fight in sixth grade, too. Then I became friends with the guy after, which, by the way, that happens in Miguel Wants to Fight. That's true. Uh, then we have some other streaming shows that we'll talk about. We've got a show on Prime Video that's a young adult um, novel that's been turned into a series called Harlan Coben's Shelter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve watched, or should I say got sucked into, Depp versus Heard on Netflix. I'm embarrassed to admit that I sat there like, all right, I'll just get a little taste of this. And three episodes later, I'm like, dang it. It hooked me. <laughs> Only because I loved the interaction of people on social media is insane. Oh, yes. If if you paid, and it doesn't sound like you really paid a lot of attention when the trial was happening. No, not at all. But... It was hard to avoid it in the newsroom or in reading a lot of some of the entertainment, you know, dailies, the stuff that trades out of Hollywood. Uh, it was constant. Uh, but it was. It, you could write the. You could just write Johnny Depp or Amber Heard in your post on Facebook, and immediately you'd have like a thousand replies. Oh. Even if people you didn't know, because there's people who would sit and search on those terms just so that they could go angrily defend whichever point of view they felt was correct in this. Well, somebody got a lot more love than the other person. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we've got uh, something that was interesting to you as a Giants fan and a fan of Barry Bonds. It would have been if it had been something to it. Uh, untold on Netflix Hall of Shame. 
And then uh, I watched uh, something that we'll may, we may not get to until we do uh, rapid fire at the end, but uh, a cute little uh, Peanuts movie on um, Apple TV oh, Plus. Marcy thing. Snoopy presents Marcy. Is that just a little hour long? Or? Yeah, it was. It was like forty minutes long. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, so we got, like I said, a lot to cover. We've got movie news. Of course, we're going to do the movie show top 10. And hey, our listeners are stepping up, Steve. Cool. We had five different listeners who gave us short reviews of movies. Fantastic. So our movie show top 10 and top listener reviews, we've got a lot of participation. Uh, of course, we'll also do telephone torture. And What's the uh, theme today? The theme is movies with blue in the title in honor of Blue Beetle. Yeah. We figured not movies with Beetle in the title because that limits it a little bit more. That might ruin it. <laughs> uh, so it's movies B-A-T. <laughs> with Blue in the title. And all of that and so much more here on the movie show coming up today. All right. We'll take a break here, Steve. And when we get back, we've got our review of Blue Beetle and why, even though you've not heard of this movie, you probably should go see it. Ooh. And now, the big movie review. Andy and Steve have everything your family needs to know about the biggest release of the week. All right. It's the big movie of the week. We said this is one that uh, it's a superhero movie, but I think for a lot of people, they're going to be like, huh? What's the name again? It's a bug totem. Like Spider-Man. Get it? bug totem. Only it's not a spider. It is a beetle, specifically blue beetle. From the DC Comics universe of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Let's listen to some sound. Guard the hybrid's new life, but do not open it. You went in to get us jobs, and all you brought back was a hamburger? Okay, I don't think it's a burger. You haven't looked? What the? You host acquired. Who said that? What is going on? It's designed to protect its host. Whatever you can imagine, I can create. Let's party. All right, so... You've got a young kid named Jaime Reyes who comes home from college. He's played by Sholo Maradueña, who fans and nerds like me will recognize as Miguel Diaz from Cobra Kai, which is the greatest TV show that Steve has never seen. Okay, I'll take your <laughs> word for it. At any rate, Jaime comes home from college. He lives in a place that looks like Miami, but in the DC universe, it's never like New York City. It's Metropolis. It's never Chicago. It's Gotham City. And in here, it's not from? Miami. It's Palmera City. Palmera, yeah, that's right. And so he lives down there with his family, who uh, who are immigrants. First, uh, his parents. It looks. It sounds like her first generation. Uh, his grandmother is there as well. Kind of a tight knit family. The job market, not so great, so he ends up having to work doing cleanup at a really big, expensive corporation. Uh, he meets, comes into a possession of a little golden blue beetle. It's, when I say golden blue, yeah, scarab, but it, it's, like a, it's shaped like a beetle. It's gold. It's about the size of the palm of your hand. When they decide to look at it in the fast food wrapper, because he didn't even realize he brought it home, as you heard in the clip, it attaches itself to his face, and suddenly he's got this powerful sort of suit of armor weapon thing that's surrounding him and so then the problem the process is figuring out what it is what does it mean meanwhile susan sarandon's the head of the evil corporation how much did they pay her for that role (laughs) and she wants the thing so she can make a suit uh, of of armor for a whole army so she can get even more rich than she already is uh so then of course it's just you know them trying to stop the bad girl in this case uh meanwhile uh although i liked jenny the uh is she a niece or? Uh, what? Well, yeah, she's like the niece of Susan Sarandon. Her dad and Susan Sarandon were the children of the original oh, founder okay. of the they company. Were the, 
They were the offspring. Oh. And so, yes, yeah, so uh, Jenny, uh, who's Brazilian, I liked that. Oh. There was one line in Portuguese that I didn't have to have subtitles for. Yes. <laughs> I thought she looked amazing. Uh, but at uh, any rate, so she's, you know, kind of on Jaime's side of things in the family dispute. And what it comes down to is figuring out how to stop the bad guy, figure out what the suit does. But what I thought was unique about Blue Beetle, at least personally, uh, what it sets it apart from other superhero films was a couple things. First was the nearly all Latino cast, yes. including a hilarious George Lopez. He's he's nuts in this movie. He's very funny. Yeah, see, there's some George Lopez music. And then the second is related to that, and in that Jaime's entire family is with him throughout his superhero journey. Like, with him. Not just like, oh, the memory of my family leads me to do these things. They're like literally there with him throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And they each play like a key role without superpowers. They don't have the superpowers. He does. But each person but they all have plays attitude. a key. They do all have awesome attitude. You're going to love his grandma. It's kind Let of me reminds me of like a, a Spy Kids sort of vibe, you know, except there are no kids in it. It's all grown-ups. Right. But the tightness of the family really made this movie for me. Right, and that's what I thought was was unique about it was it wasn't they're not just like secondary things while the main character handles everything. Like he needed all of their help at different times in the movie yeah. and they all come through. And so that to me was what I thought kind of elevated this. It also helps I think that there's because it's a superhero that most people who aren't like maybe the hardcore DC fans cuz I'm like a pretty hardcore comic book fan and I only heard of Blue Beetle. Mm. The only thing I really knew about him was that in the Death of Superman comic he got the tar beat out of him by the guy who killed Superman. Oh. And so but that was all I knew. Oh and I knew he flew around in a beetle shaped thing. If you've seen Watchmen it's similar to the Owl Man's little owl craft kind of in how it looks. Okay. But no, anyway we're in the weeds. We're so. in the weeds, okay. But to me that actually helps because you don't have expectations going in. So you can just kind of enjoy it for what it is. Well what usually is missing from superhero movies is charm, wit, uh, love of family. It, it's all in this movie, and it is a beautiful layer in a pretty cool action film. But it also has that vibe of the Latino family trying to protect each other. It uh, does have some tragedy. It does have some laughs. Um, I thought the kid that played the Sholo uh, guy, he was amazing. Um, I, I actually got a kick out of this movie, and there are two closing credits. I didn't. There are. I yes. missed the second one. Oh, uh, Gustavo, what was the second one? Gustavo saw it with me. So that was the Mexican superhero called Chapulín Colorado. Oh yes. Okay. So give us Gustavo. I would actually like your opinion. I went and saw it with our producer Gustavo, who was really excited. Give us what what were your thoughts uh, as you watched it? This this movie has a lot of heart. It touched. It touched all the good. I, I'm gonna say because so I'm Mexican, so it touched all the Mexican points that we go look for a movie. This was very well done. The 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 phrases, the 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 the, the words, just the the way they act as a family. It, it was it was amazing. I really liked it. I and I went in like, well, you know, it's not gonna be that good, but it was really good. Now, what did you tell me right after we finished it? Because Gustavo was a huge Spider-Man fan, too. By oh, the way. Yeah, well, no one will replace Spider-Man, but in the DC universe, uh, I think I have a favorite, a new favorite superhero. Uh, it used to be Batman, but now it's Blue Beetle. So, there you go. And and that was actually it was really fun to watch with Gustavo because he would laugh at things, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna, he's going to have to tell me what what did I miss? What did I not catch there? Uh, but like the. Uh, 
the cartoon that they, there's at one point they interrupt a broadcast to mess with security and they show like this animated thing oh, with yeah, a guy no. with like a ch on his chest and he's got a yeah. hammer. And see, Gustavo's laughing about it right now, just thinking about it. But <laughs> and the guy a, walked in. He said, "Oh, that's uh, yeah." The one guard in the background El starts laughing. Colorado. Can you say that? What is it? El Chapulín Colorado or oh, the, the Red Grasshopper. Okay. Yeah, well, they showed more of it at the end. In the, okay. in the post credit scene, they showed that by itself instead of, like, up on the security screen. So you actually get to see, like, a whole section. And so I didn't – that's, like, a real thing. That's not that – they didn't just invent that for the movie. No. And I liked all the little nicknames, you know, in in uh, the, uh, Spanish that they would call each other, you know, like, uh, you know, <laughs> querido or whatever. Cabezón. All these cute little – Cabezón. Yeah, tell me what cabezón means because I heard that one a lot. Big head. It does mean ha- – that's what I Big thought. Head. Yeah. Thick head? Big, big head. Oh, big, big head. Big head. Okay. So for Gustavo, he talked about how authentic it was to culture, and it was the director actually is Mexican, uh, I believe. He's Mexican. He's from Querétaro, Mexico. Okay. So he, you know, so, so there's something behind it, but that, that to me was what, was what was enjoyable about it. You know, and I, I lived in Latin America. I lived in Brazil, so that's why I recognized the Brazilian, but... You know, there are some similarities between the Latino culture, even in places like Brazil versus Mexico oh, versus sure. Argentina. And so, you know, the neighbors sitting on their porch across the street right after the house explodes, but they're sitting behind their grate. For some reason, that just like that made me chuckle. I, I could totally see that from the experiences that I had. But uh, Blue Beetle, for you, what would you give it rating wise? Uh, I would give it probably a BB plus. I actually was pleasantly surprised. And I gave it a three out of four. I was kind of teetering on two and a half, but the more I thought about it, the more enjoyable it was. I will say, you know, just go into it with an open mind. Um, but it, it is a, it's a well-made superhero movie. There's not a hundred references to other superheroes, so you really won't be lost if you don't. I mean, I think they reference Superman by name once, yeah. and he wears a Gotham Law Oh, shirt. yeah, hoodie, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's it, it obviously takes oh, place in oh, that universe. There was, there was one thing, they, they, they referred to Bruce Wayne. It was in Spanish, though. They were watching a Spanish news channel. Oh. But in the background, you can hear say uh, uh, the news person say, Bruce Wayne acquired a social media thing, but it was in Spanish. But that, that was something. Okay. So there are a few references. The more nerdy you are, like Gustavo and I, the more things that you'll catch. So for those who are, you know, the superhero fatigue, I think this has a fresh approach that I think you'll appreciate. Oh, okay. That's a good way to look at that. Okay, so that's Blue Beetle. It's rated PG-13, and it is expected. I I was seeing some box office projections. It might be the one that finally knocks Barbie out of number one this week. Oh, nobody messes with Barbie. (laughs) Well, I guess we'll find out. Okay, so let's take a break here on the movie show for news, traffic, and weather at the bottom of the hour. And when we come back, we will review two more movies, including one that Steve did. Still can't figure out what he thinks of it. Oh, okay, yeah, great. It's the KSL Movie Show. It's going to work. It's passable, okay? This this isn't terrible. The week's big movie review. Movie news, games, and prizes. Here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. We're slow learners. We're not particularly good listeners. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to the movie show, broadcasting live from my hearing centers. Uh, Steve, Mm -hmm. uh, I forgot to mention how grateful we are to our friends at Paris RV who sponsor the big movie review, which was Blue Beetle. Uh, But we got a couple more movies that we want to talk about. Before we do that, though, we want to make sure you know that you can be a part of the movie show. First of all, we want you to be part of the movie show club. And you do that by texting the word movie 
to 57500. We've had lots of people sign up in the last little bit. Uh, this will get you, uh, we're, we're working on making it so that you can actually win prizes through the text line. When that's something we're still working mm. on. Uh, so it'll be worth more, but we'll, we'll, it will send you reminders about uh, how you can be part of the movie show by calling in and giving us a review on something. Uh, we'll give you a heads up on what the big movies of the week are. Uh, different things uh, if you text the word movie to 57500. But you can also text anything you want to 57500, and we'll, and we'll uh, look through it. And if it's something <laughs> interesting, we'll share it on the air. We occasionally get reviews uh, that come in via text, short couple sentence reviews. And so uh, if you've already seen Blue Beetle, we'd love to hear what you thought of it. If you've already seen it, shoot us a text at 57500 and tell us what you thought. So those are the things that you can do to be part of the movie show. But now we've got a couple more movies we want to talk about because we've got a lot of things to cover today. So let's talk about... Another Sundance movie that you saw yesterday called Landscape with Invisible Hand. Welcome home, son. Come give your father a hug. That thing is not my dad. None of us were prepared. Yeah, we just have to adapt. With our technology, humans can enjoy a new era of prosperity. It's not real food. They print it. Deep down in there, they have hearts. I know they do. I literally think they don't have circulatory systems, period. <sighs> I don't know what to say to you. Is that Tiffany Haddish? Because she's it in is. like everything right now. It is. Like everything right now. She's actually one of the producers of this film. Wow. Which is one of the strangest movies I will or have ever seen. It is, we've been invaded by a very benign group of aliens called the Vuv. The Vuv. Vuv. And they look like little, if you've seen pictures French? of Vuv? Uh, no, Vuv. <laughs> Little squishy Ottomans with arms, and they talk with their hands, and they, you know, like patty caking themselves. But the words come out, you know, he says, son, come give your father a hug. So they've come to Earth, and the one reason why they've invaded us is they're intrigued by the idea of love. They don't have that on their planet. They don't know what it's about. And they want to experience what that means and why it's such a big deal. The problem for the humans is that now they've taken care of poverty. You, nobody's, you know, although there's no economic system anymore, so everybody's just like, well, I can't afford to live in a house now. So there's a downside to the VUV taking over. Plus, sometimes their technology's kind of made human work obsolete. Yeah, exactly. And then okay. when they park their ships over certain areas, you know, it's dark. You can't grow anything there. So I guess they don't move them for a while. So there's some downsides to the VUV being there, and this is sort of a a, an allegory about authoritarianism, uh, race, class. That's what I was looking for in this. And there are moments where, like, a kid does a big mural on the side of a building, and then the Vuv sort of change it, and they want him to come back to Vuvland and explain to the people. Vuvland. But it's all, like, super propaganda. And uh, man, I just sat there like, going, okay, I get what you're trying to do. You just never get there to a point where it actually, like, oh, wow, that's revelatory or whatever it just i just sat there and like okay so what now from watching the trailer it looks like a teen romance kind of movie because these two teens at least from what i saw in the trailer they they decide to make some money by broadcasting their relationship to the aliens right they i guess the uh, love idea is kind of like hunger gamesy in a weird way only instead of killing it was love right and so they were getting you know credits and you know money for it building up in their accounts because they were, you know, expressing love to each other. But then when that started to wane, uh, the money went down. love, after all. And they get called in by the VUV, and they said, uh, you're going to have to pay all that money back. Oh. So there's a really, it's kind of a downer. I mean, I, 
I just, is it funny? There are moments that are kind of funny, but for the most part, it seems part, like a rom com from the trailer. No, it's not. It, no, it's okay. Super slow, and then you're just walking around talking to each other, and they have these weird dynamics between the, you know, different people that are. And at one point, she um, Tiffany Haddish decides that she's going to take a Vuv guy as a husband for a, a year, just you know. No relations there, except that he wants to experience what it feels like to be a father, a husband. It's oh, just... that's why it would say, come and hug your father. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And they're like, get out my dad, get away from me. So, weird. Weird movie. I was in this theater with one other couple, and at the end, we all three of us started chuckling, like, what in the world did we just watch? I, I assume that's why they were laughing. I don't know, other than, because I came home, I asked my, my daughter asked me, what would you think? And I go, I, I have no idea. It's the weirdest movie, so I'm not. I'm what not recommending. Do you it. think the director was trying to make I, authoritarianism well, think, is bad? Yeah. yeah. Well, that does, do you need a whole movie to tell you that? No, but he made a movie before Bad Education, where remember Hugh Jackman was a, uh, you know, like a supervisor of a school district, and he was you know taking money on the side. It was a good movie. This one is just way out there, way out there. So don't be fooled by the trailer. It's not a rom com. It, it, Honestly, when I saw the trailer, I thought that the aliens. Anybody who's had a TiVo for the last in the last fifteen years, I thought it looked like the little TiVo character that when you power it up, it it's got like the the television square shaped box with a couple of arms and legs and antennas shooting off the top. Yeah, that was probably where they got the <laughs> and inspiration I kept for. It, expecting to hear the pop 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 that you do when you use the TiVo. No, but when they're slapping his hands together and when they're talking, about. it was just like, okay, that's cool, I guess, for a few minutes. But I so, was, how was it received at Sundance? Do you remember? I don't. Um, although when I tried to get a, a link for it, they said we're out. We don't have oh, any more links. I demand. I guess. I'm like what? How do you run out of links? Either that, or they're trying to limit the damage, right? <laughs> Maybe, but I, I'm not recommending this film. I'm unless you're just super eclectic and just want something so off the wall, you just don't even know where to go with it. All right. So that's called Landscape with Invisible Hand. A weird name followed by a weird movie. Yeah. All right. Okay, and so we have one more um, movie to talk about really quickly. We yep. want to talk about Passages. Yeah, this is the if movie that... My... Oh, sorry. We have a little bit of sound. If my party and my husband doesn't want to dance with me... I'll dance with you. Maybe we have to take more risks. So now you're falling in love with someone else, you're taking that risk. We cannot change someone like him. I think I'm falling in love with you. Say that's another image. I say it when I feel it. Okay, there's this, the young man is the director of a film called Passages... Okay. And he's being a real jerk to just some lowly extra who's supposed to be walking down the stairs. He goes, quit swinging your arms, you know, and doing all this stuff. You're calling attention to yourself. But he keeps ha- hammering on this guy. So you instantly don't like this guy. But he's living with Ben Wishaw, who is the Q guy from the 007 Daniel Craig era. The weapon supplier. The for, newest. For James. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they are married. Uh, he and this guy are married. and But he meets this, like you just heard in the clip. Um, my husband doesn't want to dance with me. And this stunning French woman says, well, I'll dance with you. And they do more than that. And he goes home and he says, you know, I slept with a woman. And wow, it was pretty amazing. And Ben's like, what? All right, dude, go do you, you know, whatever. He is such a jerk to everybody in this movie. No, I'm not so he's also ben. the director. He so he's a director of a, director of a pretend movie. Right. He's a, not the director of this movie, but he's a director of a movie. Yeah. He's a jerk. And he sounds like he's a jerk at home. And... And and the graphic sexuality here is pretty pronounced. Okay, so, so that'll turn off. Be uh, careful there. Uh, it's not rated, but it would definitely be 
heavy R or maybe oh, even this NC-17. was the one they were talking about the NC-17 rating for. I did read about that. I did read about that. It, it deserves an NC-17, to be honest. So be careful here. I mean, but so this is an art house type thing. Very art house. It's only playing okay. at Broadway, uh, you know, and it's French. You know, French. They just do stuff that's just all right. So that's passages, passages, not rated, but definitely above R. <laughs> if you want to hate a dude, this guy is such a jerk. Uh, and through the whole movie, wow. play, plays it's the greener grass syndrome. Well, oh. wait a minute, I had oh, I we were cute together. Oh, what, she's really hot, but then oh, eh, uh. no, this guy has no class whatsoever. So Steve is a is a negative on the passages. What would you give it? Oh, pff. D minus. I yeah, really didn't care for this film. All right. Not just any news. Stop what you're doing and listen. Movie news. Action! On the KSL Movie Show. All right. Movie news. The big news in the movie industry is kind of split. One is what's still going on with the strike, and the other is how is the strike affecting the movie's release schedule, what's coming. I am pleased to say I keep seeing more titles popping up that are coming in the next couple of months, which, you know, I wondered if... Maybe it's standard procedure by Hollywood to announce films only a few weeks before they come out or at least start the marketing push. Um, because I believe me, I spent a lot of time searching for when these release dates are. And then, you know, just like three different movies showed up between Tuesday and today that are coming out in September or early October, like so not too far away. Yeah. But there are new ones coming. And I like that. I, I like that. Not everything's been pushed exactly. back. Exactly. Yeah. And Dune is still on the calendar. They had a Dune 2 trailer with Blue Beetle yesterday. Yep. By the way, 25 minutes of trailers. Oh, I know. 25 minutes. I, My goodness. I show we get up so spoiled. literally at the time that it says it starts, and I sit there for a week and a half. <laughs> we are really spoiled at the critic screenings. There is rarely a trailer shown. So, But, yeah, anyway, Although sorry. I do what I enjoy the trailers. I do. I mean, but especially the new ones. When you're thinking of time, like what yeah. time is this? Th- yeah. So uh, it is nice to know that you can be late to a movie now and you're still oh. going to be early. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So update on the strike. The latest is right now the negotiations seem to be between the writers and the studios. That's been what's in the news this week. They've made some counter proposals. They haven't walked away from each other. And that's about where they are right now. They yeah. haven't walked away and they're still talking. The word they're using is Fluid. It's a fluid conversation. Plus, the CEOs this week, you know, all the big boys, they're having a, a, you know, like a little TED talk, or not a TED talk, but basically a a Zoom meeting between the the big head honchos. So apparently there's some movement here. I feel like that we're going to see something. The big writer's headline from last night was that they're saying that Netflix, Disney, and Amazon are now like the gate holders for everything. Yeah, that is a problem. If you start consolidating... All that power, it, it usually becomes an issue. It's, for me, the, the, the one story that I really got a kick out of um, this week was, where did I put it? I wrote it down here somewhere. Uh, the fact that there is a fifth season of Fargo, the series, Ooh. Uh, is coming out, and it will star John Hamm and somebody else. Where did I write that? Um, John Hamm is going to join Fargo. John Hamm will be a sheriff. And somebody actually really cool is going to be a housewife. Oh, it's uh, June, Juno Temple from, uh, oh. from Ted Lasso. Yes. She's a housewife with a past. All these are shot, you know, in North Dakota, Minnesota area. So, it's, so her English accent can go to a Minnesota accent? Well, we'll see. That'll be interesting. <laughs> but, and, and they're talking about releasing it fairly soon. I mean, they have pictures of 
of the crew and everybody. So uh, if you've watched any of the Fargo seasons, they are brilliant. And they're usually based on real stories that have happened in the Midwest or the North Midwest. So, Well, and then... Uh... Um, speaking of another t- of seasons of TV series, um, that is one thing that we're now getting to the deadline. Uh, Labor Day is in a couple of weeks, and the word kind of is if they don't have a writer's strike resolved by Labor Day or shortly thereafter, then shows that you like to watch over broadcast TV for me, some of my favorites include Law & Order, the Quantum Leap show that's been on NBC, and, and some of these others, if they don't get it resolved early in September, there's a good chance that there's no... New none of those schedule. series at all. There's no fall schedule, and they can't do it in the spring because right now every, there's not going to be a new series fall schedule that isn't already wrapped. But you won't get returning seasons of shows that have been on hiatus since the strike started yeah. if they don't get that resolved soon. So if you have a show that you like to watch that's scripted every week, if they don't get it done soon, you may not have it at all until next fall. And then I got clickbaited yesterday on Uh-oh. Reacher. Uh, have you seen the first season of Reacher? Oh, yeah. It was great. Oh. So they're like, we have a firm date on the new Reacher second season somewhere in December. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> a firm date of sometime I during hate a that. Month. And they bury it yeah. after all this nonsense. So, yeah, Reacher in December sometime season two. Can't wait. All right. Let's take a break here at Top of the Hour for news, traffic, and weather. This is KSL FM Midvale, KSL AM Salt Lake City. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's the KSL Movie Show. It gave the audience feelings they weren't sure they should enjoy. The week's big movie review, movie news, games, and prizes. Here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. Like a slice of butter melon on top of a big old pile of flapjacks. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It's the movie show. By the way, because of that, yeah, I had a flapjack last, yeah. last weekend. You mean a flip flop? That's from the Strange Planet oh, on yeah, Apple yeah. TV Plus. With a yeah, with some butter melting on it. Yeah. Oh, so you're making me hungry. It's a good thing we've got some things to eat here. All right, here on the movie show, second hour. Now, one of the movies that we're going to talk about today on the movie show, and that we'll review a little bit later this hour, is called Aliens Abducted My Parents and. Now I feel kind of left out. It's a great slogan. It sounds like it could go on a T-shirt. <laughs> but we're joined now by the director of this movie, Jake Van Wagner. Jake, welcome to the movie show. Hey, guys. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. We're glad to have you. Now tell us a little bit about your movie, and it debuted at Sundance. Is that correct? Actually, we talked to Jake back then. Oh, you then. talked to Jake back then? Yes. This was before Andy Farnsworth's time on the movie yeah. show. 
So how yeah. was it received <laughs> yeah. at Sundance? Well, uh, it was great. It went really well. I think that, um, you know, Sundance films often are a little bit heavier in theme, and this movie is a little bit lighter. It's more for, like, you know, everybody in the family. And so we got a lot of people leaving the theaters being like, wow, that was so uplifting, and you don't really get that here at Sundance. And all those films are wonderful, but we just tried really hard to make a film that people could just feel better about life when they left the theater, and I think that's what we did. Well, and it's got, uh, I, as I watched it, first of all, it's got uh, Emma Tremblay, who's Jacob Tremblay's, is that his older or younger sister? Older, younger. yeah, oh, older sister. Old, it's mm-hmm. his older sister. It's also got Will Forte, mm-hmm. and we've got another Will Forte movie coming out today that's very different. He yes. plays a very different <laughs> character. <laughs> it's the, the opposite of, the of your guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved seeing Elizabeth Mitchell. Does that mean Elizabeth Mitchell yeah. was in Utah at some point and I didn't know about it? It, that, that is exactly what it means, and we should have broadcast it a little bit more. Ah, oh, I'm heartbroken. Where did you shoot it? It was all very rural, so you, you I recognized tell. some of the mountains. You shot some of that in Utah County, right? Well, we did, yeah. So the, the home, like the main home of the main family was in Utah County, and then actually the rest of it was up in, like, Wasatch and Summit County, so Park City area, mm-hmm. Wallsburg, Heber, Midway, and Camas area. So- so in the movie, we've got a young man, or at the, we, we see a young boy and his dad, who's Will Forte, watching through a telescope for a meteor that comes around once every 10 years. A bunch of stuff happens, and the kid is, is 100% convinced that his, um, he's 100% convinced that his parents were abducted by aliens. And we come in 10 years later, and a new family moves to his town, and uh, Emma Tremblay's character meets the kid. He's they're basically next door neighbors, although they're not very close. Their houses aren't very close to each other. Is this set yeah. in Utah or is this set up in like Idaho? Well, we actually set it in Idaho just simply because, you know, we, we wanted it to feel like we didn't, we shot it and we're proud of Utah. We love Utah. We used all Utah crew. Um, we just thought though, like maybe we just set it in Idaho. So it's just not set in Utah. And so, yeah, it's, it's a little fictional town in Idaho. Yeah, the Pebble Falls. I always am intrigued by where you come up with names for people's names for towns. <laughs> is there a story behind Pebble Falls? There's actually, I mean, I wish there was. There's no story behind Pebble Falls. The, the, the story behind, though, the title for the movie was basically, so I, I directed the film, and then Jeremy Prusso and I, we brought most of the money into the film. Um, and we went to our friend Austin Everett and said, hey, do you have a movie that could be for the whole family? And he didn't. And he, but he, but I was like, think about it and come back. And so he took, he took a few months and then came back and was like, Hey, what about aliens abducted my parents? And now I feel kind of left out. And that was like, I'm like, great. Yeah. What's the title? No, that is. The title. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. And so it just really stuck. And that was one of the things at Sundance that people were like, Oh, I love that title. That's the reason I watched that movie. And I'm so glad I did. Well, it is. I, I did find it pretty funny and charming, and I did like trying to recognize places. Like I, I, I knew I, I'd heard you shot it in Utah, but even if I hadn't known that for sure, I, that's what I would have asked you. I was like, boy, that sure looks like the mountains, definitely. the mountains in the background. And uh, for sure. so, what elementary or what school did you was Pebble Falls School? So that was Rocky Mountain Middle School in Heber. In Heber, okay, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we we shot at a diner, and that was the Polar King in Cam. I think it's Camas or Oakley, right there. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, wow. yeah. I don't want to say much more because I want people when they see the movie to to oh, yeah. have all the story yeah. things happen. And I liked I liked sure. uh, the girl's name, Itsy. Itsy. 
Yeah, that was another thing that Austin, when he was, that was in our very first conversation. He pitched the title to me, and he's like, I think there's this girl, and her name's Itzy. And I was like, okay, well, we'll change that. I don't know about that name. But then it really grew on me, and I was like, yeah, no, I like it. I've never heard it before, and it fits. So. Yeah. Now, Jake, you started in movies as a production assistant, and for people who don't know the industry, that's like kind of an entry level, yes? For sure, yeah. I actually I went to school at Utah Valley University and kind of always wanted to do film. Um, I wanted to be an actor, and I got you know I got into film school and, and had a family pretty quickly after I started school. And I I found that working in production was a much more uh, I don't know a, a smart choice economically to make money and to provide, still be in the industry and be able to be creative, but also there's a little bit more opportunity when you're in production. So as a production assistant or an assistant director, and then I just kind of worked my way up from there and then became a a line producer and a producer and then was able to move into directing. Well, that's what I was going to say is that's, that's kind of neat that you could start at, you know, quote unquote, the bottom and work your way up to now you've directed a feature film that plays in theaters for people to watch that played at a major international film festival. Like that's, that's pretty good. (laughs) It's pretty awesome, yeah, and I definitely I feel like there's been a lot of support over the years. I've learned a lot from I think another benefit of like working my way up is that I got to see a lot of different directors and the way they did it and things that I was like, oh yeah, I want to do that or oh I, I want to stay away from that. But it's been a lot of like you know good mentors and working with a lot of good people over the years. Well, I appreciate it as a father of six kids myself that there's a movie that you could watch that has Will Forte in it that you can actually watch and not be worried about. But it was, you know, it it was really sweet at times. And I got to say, like, Emma Trimley really grew on me as I watched the movie. I didn't, you know, she kind of looks like Jacob, so you're thinking that at first. But by the end, like, I just, I thought she did, I I really liked her performance. And and, uh, And the kid was really cool. I mean, I thought he was as quirky as could be. Is it Calvin? I'm trying to remember now. I yeah. had subtitles mm-hmm. on, and it wasn't reading the subtitles very well. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I think we got really lucky with the cast. Jacob Buster, who plays Calvin, he's actually a Utah local, but he works in L.A. He's on TV shows out there and movies and stuff. And and I've worked with him a few times and since he was like eight or nine years old. And he really he did such a good job. And then Emma, like you say, yeah, she. I, I actually, we almost cast someone else. And then we got Emma's tape really late, and I was just like, "Wow, she's good," and I like their chemistry, and it just that was a we we got really lucky with those two. Well, the movie's Aliens abducted my parents, and now I feel kind of left out. It it gets its wide release here today, and um, Jake uh, Jake Van Wagner, the director, thank you so much for joining us here on the movie show. Yeah, thanks you guys, I appreciate it, and best of luck to you. Okay, thank you. All right, let's take a break here, Stephen. When we get back, we've got the big streaming review, and there's a whole bunch of things, including a new take on an old Chinese legend and why you should watch it. (laughs) Planning a weekend on the couch? Streaming your favorite movie or a new show? Andy and Steve sort through it all, so you only binge the best. It's the movie show streaming reviews on KSL News Radio. I'm just so excited about our big streaming review sponsored by the Joshua Stern Team. Visit SternTeam.com to learn your home's real value in 30 seconds. Click Sell, then Home Evaluation. That's the Joshua Stern Team. All right, Steve. 
So for me, the big streaming review of the week is The Monkey King. But I, I don't think we have sound, but by some chance, do we have sound? No. That's uh, okay. So it's a new animated movie on Netflix that kids and families can enjoy. And it's uh, mm-hmm. it's called The Monkey King because it's a retelling of like a 400-year-old Chinese legend about a mystical monkey born from a rock and endowed with magical powers. He's quite energetic. And he's kind of a jerk sometimes. He's a massive jerk. <laughs> but that's like how most youngsters and monkeys are. You know, that's why they call little kids monkeys. Conceited, self-centered. Well, okay, so all of these traits get him in trouble with the elder gods and elder humans. And he eventually just gets banished by himself. Then he becomes a teenage monkey, I guess. And now he's a bit bigger and he can he's do stuff. He's a bigger jerk. He's a bigger jerk, but he decides that it, he's also pretty brave. And nothing he's not afraid of anything. And that works for him and against him. And so he, uh, he, he swipes this magical staff. And with it, he decides, and he defeats demons all over the place. But then he decides he wants to go hang with the uh, elder gods who said, no, you're not cool, you can't hang with us. So he decides he's going to sort of force his way up there. The immortals. The immortals, yes. And uh, that's the Jade Emperor. There's you know, several different, I don't remember all their names. but um, and So that's his goal. Along the way, he meets a peasant girl who sort of makes herself his assistant. What was her name? Uh, Lynn? Or? Lynn, I believe, yeah. Oh, I don't think I wrote that down. But She uh, actually stole that movie from me. Yeah, and so uh, she becomes his assistant, like, following him around, and he doesn't need an assistant because he's too good for everything. But at any rate, at some point, he's going to have to learn humility. At some point, he's going to have to, you know, come face-to-face with his own hubris. And in the meantime, you've got Bo and Yang, who voices the Dragon King. It's, some, it's very fun. I thought the movie was really funny. I loved how family-friendly it was, and uh, it, for me, it was, it was like a solid three-star movie for me. I was less enthused. I thought I'd seen this story, I guess, maybe a, a lot more. The, you always have the, you know, the the one, the chosen one. And then he's a complete jerk and everyone, even the peasant girl, finally, she's like, um, I'm just going to use his hubris against him. Yes. To try Very to wisely. deal with. Yeah. I thought she was, she should have been flying up there with the immortals and not this Yahoo. Yeah, but she could barely pick up the stick. Yeah, I thought the stick was hilarious, too. It was basically was just this vibrant... Yeah, it was like the throat singing from the Tibetan monks. <laughs> yes. I was trying to think of what that is. It, it does. It's, or like the Vuvuzelas or whatever. But it... Uh, yeah, I or thought those stick... long stick things from New Zealand. What are they called? Uh, Didgeridoo. Didgeridoos, yeah. Thank you, Stone. But yes, I, I thought that the stick was actually pretty funny. It's a funny character, even though it never says a word that you can understand. Yeah, well, you had a lot more fun with this than I did. I, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I've seen this before. So you were not a big fan as I was. I didn't enjoy it as much. I thought it was very cliched, and I'd seen it before. And uh, yeah. The other thing I would say is it is very much, and and probably, you know, if if you had grandkids that you watched it with, you might have had a slightly different take on it. But it's very, especially the character of Monkey, very hyperkinetic. Like, it very much felt like a show that kids today would watch as how quickly they cycle through TikTok videos. I mean, mm. it's it's not a very long movie. It's like an hour and 20 minutes, and it he just zips right into everything. Like, he doesn't stop to think ever. He just does. And it really felt, I don't know, I felt authentic to having kids. I mean, I got 10-year-olds. I got 16, 14-year-olds. It felt very authentic to that generation, at least my viewpoint of it. And it exhausted me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there you go. Okay, so that's The Monkey King, and that is on Netflix. Now, uh, there's also a new series on uh, 
on Prime Video called Harlan Coben's Shelter. And I only saw the first episode, but you got to see a couple more episodes. I saw the first three episodes, and I thought, um, interesting idea. In fact, I'm just trying to remember what happened. I, I saw so much stuff this week that yeah, there was a lot. Uh, I was trying Essentially, to Essentially, from what I remember, a kid, uh, he's a basketball prodigy. There's some weird, mysterious thing happens at the very beginning. And then this teenage kid and his family move back to the United States from somewhere. Um, a tragedy happens, and he ends up living in this town uh, with his aunt, and he goes to high school. Oh, yeah, okay. And yeah. then he meets you know, a couple different people, but there's this creepy house and there's a creepy lady who lives in the creepy house. And then, uh, he finds out that, uh, something he thought had happened may not have happened. And now he doesn't know if he's crazy. Yeah. Did I catch that more or less? Yeah. And then it's, it's all about these kids trying to solve this mystery of what's, what's going on with the house, what happened to other people that they are aware of. Uh, and I, it just feels like they're just kind of pulling at this like taffy, just stretching it out. Uh, and trying to, uh, there are moments where there are lulls in this. And it I, is based on a book, so maybe some people have read the book Shelter by the author Harlan Coben. But it's several episodes. It's going to be a weekly drop on Prime Video. Isn't it eight episodes? Or yeah, and I think they released two this week. Yeah, I, like I saw the first three, and uh, I thought, eh. okay, I'll probably. I'm not sure I'll finish it. Maybe the second episode will hook me, and I'll try to give it another episode. But with one, I wasn't like chomping at the bit. But also, I had a lot of stuff to watch, like you did. Now, another quick one I wanted to mention on Hulu: Miguel wants to fight. Yeah, which is a short minute, hour and fifteen minute movie. Uh, it is very funny. It's about four teenage friends in I think New York State. Um, the one kid, Miguel, the main kid, is the son of a boxing trainer, but somehow he's never been in a fight before. His three friends have, in fact, as they think about it. They've had lots of fights, and each time they thought Miguel had jumped in, only it turns out he never did. No. But then he gets some news that he's going to have to move, and he decides he wants to get in a fight before he leaves, and then it becomes kind of a very comedic thing of him trying to figure out how to fight because really, he really is a nice guy, yeah. and he doesn't really have the fighting gene in him. Uh, one warning on this one, as funny as it is, it is very much R-rated as far as language. Language, yeah. Um, and I mean, from like the first moment. So uh, it is very funny, but it is not one that, uh, you know, maybe your younger teens, but it is on Hulu. So, well, I liked all the stylized, he had references to old Kung Fu movies in yes. his imagination. Posters, like a, a fight card promo. Right. And he was a huge Bruce Lee fan. So he thinks he's all that, but you know, he may not be, and it may not be the, his, you know, the big deal. Like, dude, some people just aren't that person. And I, I liked that message, and the, the parents I thought were really cool. I thought his friends were, uh, especially the Tongan kid, who I thought he was fantastic. Oh, he's Filipino. Filipino. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big kid, though. And, yeah, you know, you he, could tell he he's didn't a, want to fight. He was one who could and looked like he'd be good in a fight, but he was... He, he did fight when he had to, the, the, the French. I think his name was Jacob or something like that. But, yes, so that one is uh, Miguel Wants to Fight on Hulu. All right, Steve, we've got to take a break here at bottom okay. of the hour for news, traffic, oh. and weather. When we get back, the movie show top ten. Movie reviews and Hollywood news. The KSL Movie Show. All right. It is the movie show, and Steve... It's time, you know, this is one of our more, where we get to have some fun with the listeners, where we get to be a little more interactive with the listeners. It's the movie show Top 10, sponsored by Call Climate Services and our top listener reviews. The KSL Movie Show Top 10. Five, four, three, two, one. 
Okay, Steve. Top 10 movies of the week. Number 10 still hanging on after almost two months. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And total worldwide, 375. Oof. Yeah. I think it cost 300 to make, didn't yeah, it? It did. And that's not including the marketing. No, but is you think there's there'll be a second life because there's going to be completists like me that pay for the Blu-ray or for the 4K. And so they're still they've still got some money to make on this. Yeah, but it going feels away, like, but, kind of sad. But yeah, this is where the, the, although I will say this right now, if you haven't seen it, go see it now and support your local theater because your almost all your ticket price at this point is oh, going to your theater. That's true. And and Harrison Ford gave it his all. He I did. thought he really worked He hard did not mail it in. No. All right, number nine, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Another one where we were thinking it was going to do better than it has done. Well, it, it's gone over half a billion, so it's not like, you know, the, the throwaway, but 524 uh, is the worldwide total on that. But, again, this is another one where Tom Cruise did, definitely did not mail that in. No, no, no. And we're hoping we're going to get to see Part 2 next year and that it won't be pushed even further down the calendar Yeah, cons- because it is a good cliffhanger. He is considered one of the writers, so he, they can't do it. They have one more big scene to shoot. It, the rest of the movie's done. Ah. They just have to shoot that one scene that's like the, you know, like the jump scene in this last one. Uh, uh, they've already, they know what they're doing. Does but, this have to do with a biplane? Because I remember he was standing on a biplane talking to the movie theater owners in a pre-taped segment where he's like, now, excuse me, I got to get back to making this movie. And he like climbs back yeah. into the cockpit. <laughs> I'm afraid it might be just one of the stunts that he does in this second half. Ah, uh, well, less than a year, hopefully. Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, number eight, still hanging on in the top ten. Sound of Freedom. Did you hear about that this week? Uh, I, what about it? That they made so much, they actually refunded all their crowdfunders plus like ten percent or something like that. Oh yeah, all yeah. their original crowdfunders got their whole deposit back. Yeah, and a 12% on top of and that. And 12% on top of that. How cool is that? Yeah, and by the way, this movie now is opening in foreign box offices this weekend. So Ooh. Uh, I think Colombia or one of the Latin American countries, they were going to go there, show it, and then off they go. So we'll see how how Sound of Freedom does worldwide. And it's at, what, $173 million? Uh Yeah, 174 as of uh, Wednesday. That's impressive. All right, number seven, Talk to Me. Scary. Oh, uh, yeah, it definitely is scary, and there will be a second one. It'll be Talk to Me Again. So <laughs> this one's done about $39 million on a 50-cent budget. And then the third one will be Talk to Me also as well. Or No, we we decided it's going to be Talk to the Hand. Right? Oh, Talk to the Oh, right, because the face don't want to hit. Oh, wow, Gustavo, that yeah, hurts. That is... All right, number six, Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion has made $78 million worldwide. That's not a lot of money. I... I do think it's going to get a lot of play on Disney Plus when it comes just before Halloween. Yeah, and I, sure. I like how Matt said it's it's a it's a gateway drug to horror films for kids. <laughs> oh yeah, that's an interesting way to phrase it because it is. It's it's definitely something that's not too scary, but it can get you you know ooh get the adrenaline pumping a little bit. Number five, this one's definitely going. This is what you graduate to: the last voyage of yes. the Demeter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually like this movie, um, but it's only done $8 million. This was a... Yeah, it was considered a flop as far as it goes. Yeah. Because they spent a lot. uh, But it was, I you know, as far as it goes, I I thought it was pretty decent for a horror movie, which I'm not a huge fan of in general. Number four, Meg the Trench, still hanging out in the top five. Boy, Jason Statham, I swear he could sit and read a phone book and like, yeah, 200 million. 262 worldwide in two weeks for a movie that is so ridiculous. That they literally jump the shark in the movie. 
several times. <laughs> number three, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. It debuted at number three in its opening week. I'm not going to lie. When I heard that another one of these was coming out, I thought, oh, no. But then I saw it, and the stylized animation makes this work. And it would have been number one, except for the two films that are in front of it, which continue to juggernaut the box office. Number two, Oppenheimer. $654 million worldwide. What is going on here? And then number one, no surprise, Barbie. $1.2 billion. I mean, just the $0.2 billion is, cons- is is a good thing for a movie. Just $0.2 billion, let alone $1.2 billion. And congrats to Margot Robbie, who's getting about $50 million from this. Poor thing. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, we actually have some listeners who had some uh, thoughts on these movies. Uh, let's listen to Jake from Ogden. I've seen it twice in IMAX, and I can easily say it's the best movie of the year and one of Christopher Nolan's best. The cast is incredible, and the direction... Uh, could finally get Nolan that Oscar. It's a harrowing portrait of a monumental achievement and the paradoxical man behind it. The ending is haunting, and it's a chilling reminder of the apocalyptic destruction we are capable of, thanks to Oppenheimer. Wow. Nice job, Jake. Jake from Ogden. I think he wants our job. And now, of course, he was talking about Oppenheimer. My mistake for not saying that. Next, uh, we have somebody who forgot to give us their name, so we'll call the movie show listener number two, mm. talking about Heart of Stone, the Gal Gadot I- movie. Okay. I recently watched Heart of Stone, a Netflix original, I believe, with Gal Gadot. It's a really cool spy thriller, futuristic uh, AI and whatnot. A really great movie. Highly recommended if you like uh, spy thrillers and thought of really good action. And it's got Gal Gadot, which automatically elevates it. Can't go wrong with Gal. <laughs> All right, then we have Kent from West Valley talking about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Before I saw Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, I thought you guys were exaggerating the train scene. But after seeing the movie last week, I was blown away by that scene. In my lifetime, I've seen all probably hundreds of train scenes in movies and TV shows, but none of the others comes close to the action and suspense and even some humor in this one. A very entertaining movie. All right, Kent, thank you. And then another one forgot to leave their name. Remember, when you leave us a review, give us your name and city. Yeah, movie just your show name. You don't have to, you know, yeah, you don't have to throw list your, your whole credit card in there. <laughs> number four, movie show listener number four on Barbie. I really enjoyed the Barbie movie. I had a kind of a wonderment going into it, and uh, I was not disappointed. I thought the message was good, and the um, movie was well done. Well, hopefully she doesn't talk to your bread maker person <laughs> to find out she was wrong. About By the way, all that. I feel bad. Last week when I said if you haven't seen the Barbie movie, shut up. I, I was just being Steve joking. Yes. Okay. I, I don't like people saying shut up, so I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. Apology accepted on behalf of all the people. <laughs> all right, and then we've got Jerry who saw Meg Two and Indiana Jones. Saw the Meg on uh, in 3D format. I uh, really. Didn't like the, I mean, I enjoyed it, but but didn't like it as much as I did uh, the first one. I'm with Steve on his uh, review of that. And I give it a, a B, uh, two and a half stars. And Indiana Jones, loved that movie. Great, fantastic. I give it at least a three and a half stars. Thank you. you. Know, I haven't heard a lot of people who said, I saw Indiana Jones and I didn't like it. The people who see it like it. It just seems like not enough people went to see it. 
They say like, though, not love. No, that's true, and that's kind of where I was, too. I liked it, but didn't love it. Okay, so thank you to all of our listeners. We love it when you call us. Uh, We've got a a comment line, 801-575-7668. We're going to send you a text reminder, so be part of the Movie Show Club. Text the word movie to 57500. That's the easiest way, and Gustavo will shoot you a text reminder during the week uh, how to call in. And what we're looking for this week, we want you to give us your reviews of Blue Beetle, Give us your reviews if you've gone and see the um, uh, Aliens Abducted My Parents. Or Strays. Or Strays. It'll be interesting to see how people react to seeing those three movies. So that's uh, the Movie Show Top Ten sponsored by Call Climate Services. All right. Let's take a break here, Steve. And then when we get back, we're actually going to give our review of Aliens Abducted My Parents. And now I feel kind of left out. And why it's worth your time for your family to go see this. The Movie Show. It is not a donut hole, but a smaller donut with its own hole. And our donut is not a hole at all. On KSL News Radio. Right, it's The Movie Show. And before we hit top of the hour here, we need to review another movie, Steve. So let's talk about the movie we just interviewed the director from. Aliens Abducted My Parents. And now I'm feeling kind of left out. My parents were never able to see it. They were taken. Taken by who? Aliens? That's the hook. City girl falls for village idiot. He's not an idiot. He's actually really, really smart. If anything, he's the smartest person in this stupid town. And yeah, his story's a little bit far-fetched, but he's fighting for something. All right, if you were listening earlier this hour when we talked to director Jake Van Wagner, we gave a little bit of a synopsis, but for those of you who missed it, um, a a boy is looking at the stars with his dad, and then uh, they're looking for a a once-in-a-ten-year comet, and the dad leaves the roof and then disappears, and both his parents are gone. And for and so then we jump ahead ten years, and a family of four moves out to this rural town, which is apparently in Idaho. I didn't know if it was set in Utah or Idaho, but it is set in Idaho. Pebble Falls. Um, the parents are very into each other and can't wait, wait to get away from the kids. The kids end up going next door and meeting this kid. By the way, kid. those kind of contrivances are sort of where I deducted a few points okay okay um but uh the kids go next door and they find this the kid 10 years old or kind of a weirdo in a barn in a space suit um, yeah but again how does she get there go over and borrow a hammer from the <laughs> from the neighbor <laughs> really well i mean you got to get him over there somehow but anyway turns out as you heard in the clip uh he's considered the town weirdo uh, this girl, Itsy, is her name. She's a high schooler. She's from the city and really wants to get back to the city. She has an opportunity by um, entering a literary contest with the New York Times. And there's the snobby girl in town sees that she's a writer and says, hey, together we can do this. Uh, so it, it, it's a plot contrivance that you've seen in a lot of other movies where um, I'm going to go with the intent to probably make fun of this person. But then when I get to know them, it changes. And, of course, it always comes back later yeah i've never seen a movie where it doesn't come back to bite you later in the most horrible way and it did uh and so that's the that's the plot and and he believes his parents were abducted by aliens obviously nobody else agrees and and i don't want to give anything away for those of you who'll see the story but i will say this i liked how family friendly it was it kind of felt like something that is going to get a lot of play on byu tv someday Mm. uh, just because it is it's enjoyable um, I think people should go see it in the theaters. I've agreed with what Doug said many years ago. If you complain about what Hollywood puts out, then you got to go pay to see these kinds of movies when they hit the theaters or you're not going to get any more like that. So yeah. this is one of those, in my opinion. I, it did feel like it kind of whipped you back and forth a little bit towards the end. Like you, it, the movie feels like one thing, and then 
and then at one point it's suddenly like, whoa, this is way serious, and then it kind of backs off, and, and I just thought that was kind of a jarring thing. Yeah, there were some things in there. The characters were doing things that I didn't feel like were natural uh, in, in ways. I, like Itsy's uh, naivete towards the, the bully girl from school. She was like, oh, yeah, let's just do it. I'm like, no, that doesn't fit her character. She's way, she was way, way too, too nice savvy and sympathetic yeah. to, to fall for that nonsense. So, but, you know, overall, though, I had a good time watching this. I thought Will Forte was funny. I thought the kids, you know, the the center of the story, they were really good. And yeah, even thought, Itzy's little brother was, was kind of fun to Oh, watch. he was hilarious. Yeah, that kid was, you know, just always knew what was going on, but, you know, never got credit for actually knowing anything. And it's, I thought the main character, Calvin, looked a lot like, um, is it not Sean William Scott? Who's the guy who's the, uh, the drummer in uh, That Thing You Do? Uh, oh... Oh, that thing you The do. main character in oh, that yeah, thing yeah, you yeah, do, yeah. essentially. He's been in a whole bunch of things, and I suddenly can't think of his name. But, yeah, I thought he kind of looked like a younger version of Sean something Thomas? Or... Yeah, I'll have to look that up. But Yeah, no, uh, my grade on this is a B. I like this film. I thought it was a, a really a good – and I, I appreciate you mentioning that good movies don't get seen, and that's why if, if they don't make them anymore because they don't make any money. This one should do well. I think that Jake did a really nice job making this film. Yep, and I gave I gave it a three out of four, and I really like that it's something that's family friendly. But but again, I do encourage you to when you get movies like this that don't have terrible content in it, that have humor, heart, and that everybody can watch together, you got to go pay to see them. You just have to. Yeah. All right, time to take a break here at top of the hour for news, traffic, and weather. This is KSL FM Midvale, KSL AM, Salt Lake City. It's the KSL Movie Show. The end is inevitable. The kind is headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir. But not today. Big movie review, movie news, games, and prizes. Here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. Right now, we are being so unoffensive, we might as well be a Hallmark Christmas movie. You know what I'm saying? On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Well, we are in our final hour of the movie show today. And Steve, I love that quote from Ted Lasso. Because you and I are unoffensive, but what we're about to talk about. It's not. This is going to be inoffensive. A, this is going to be a tightrope. This is not inoffensive. Right before we do that, though, we want to remind you: please feel free to join the movie show by texting the movie show club by texting the word "movie" to five seven five zero zero. You can also text us questions during the movie show, including somebody who uh, asked, and I see somebody already replied to his text. But what was the name of that train uh, movie that the listener was talking about? That would be Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, oh, yeah. Part 1. So, yes, <clears throat> that and, is... And what's the review line number? The review line number is 801-575-7668. Yes, and we will text that to you if you're part of the Movie Show Club so that you'll have the number and you can just tap it on your phone and it'll dial you in direct. Okay, Steve, so now let's talk about our other big movie of the week. We talked about Blue Beetle uh, earlier, and if you missed the, our full review, you can download the Movie Show podcast later and listen to it. But let's talk about strays. I'm lost. You're a stray man. You can do anything you want. This beer doesn't taste good, but I like how it's making me feel. I really should find my way back home. Any places, landmarks you remember, completely lost, and my little puppy paw pads are really hurting right now. That is the craziest thing I have ever seen. And I'm Dennis Quaid, and Dennis Quaid has seen some... Yeah. The fact that they were able to pull that many quotes out of that movie without a swear word in it is staggering. He had to listen to like 10 trailers, I heard, in order to get that much out of 
<laughs> there was a trailer, thank <laughs> you see. Uh, there was a trailer, thankfully, that uh, Universal finally put out that had a lot of the swear words beeped out. Yeah, but the well, fact that you could the fact that we're red, talking about it, there is a red band trailer though. Yes, if where you're they curious about how bad it is as far as language goes, that'll give you that'll give you a taste. That's a very good point. So we've got strays. You know how those talking pet movies are so cute, you know Milo and Otis, and you got this and you got that, and they're usually kids movies. Well. They decided, what if we made a talking dog movie where it is not a kid's movie? And so they went all the way on that. And what we have is Strays, the story of a young dog named Reggie that Will Ferrell voices, who has got the worst owner in the world. But Reggie's such an optimist, he thinks that every time that Doug tries to leave him, Mm-hmm. It's a game, and he keeps coming back home to Doug's great dismay. So Doug goes to a real effort, drives him three hours away, leaves him, and Reggie meets up. Now Reggie's officially a stray, even though he doesn't think consider himself a stray, and he meets up with some other strays, including Bug, who's voiced by Jamie Foxx, uh, Hunter, who's voiced by Randall Park, and uh, Maggie. Maggie, voiced by Isla Fisher. Yeah, They decide to... Help him return home, even though they spend the whole time trying to convince him what a jerk Doug is. Well, plus, so it has that incredible journey sort of feel to it. Yes. But, and and the dog, Reggie, is a very innocent dog. Yes, and he's so he, sweet. He, he looks like my little uh, Yorkshire Terrier. So it's the but others. He's a mutt. It's the others who, you know, they these dogs have terrible mouths. Yeah, well, Reggie's especially, pretty. Especially Bug. <laughs> The other two are pretty mellow. But. Now, we talked about a Jamie Foxx movie a few weeks ago, as I recall, that was, went to Netflix, where I talked about how yeah. the, the language just eventually overwhelmed me. And you made an interesting point of, like, depending on the character and how does it fit their character, um, it doesn't necessarily bother you as much. I kind of got a little bit more what you were saying with this one, because, yes, if you've seen Jamie Foxx in anything that's not on broadcast television, you know what kind of language he uses. Right. But... If if that doesn't bug you, huh, bug, get yeah. it, because that's the dog's name. Uh, but if that doesn't bother you, this, <laughs> thank you, this has some really funny moments, like really funny moments. And the director shot with live animals as much as possible, so there's no, you know, a lot of what the dogs do, if they're jumping or something, they really jumped. Or it's something. not a CG dog. <laughs> Even that apparently was not CG either. But for me, it came down to they make every bodily function joke possible. To the extreme. Yes. Everyone to the extreme, and even some you haven't thought of. <laughs> um, but the parts where it got grossest was when those things involved the humans, I thought. I mean, if you've had a dog, dogs poop. Dogs get on top of things. Like, those things, if you have a dog, you, you've seen this before. But but when it started to, like, you know, humans, like, that's when that's when I got grossed out. That's when you got grossed out? Okay. Well, that's when I got grossed out to the point where I was like, okay, do we really need this? The, yeah, the scene at the dog pound was pretty outrageously. I was, I had to look away because it was just too much. Yeah, too much. Wait a minute. You just gave me grief and you had to look away? Well, I mean, I didn't really completely look away. It's like, oh, I can't. But I mean, I can't like deal it with got it. to you and you just gave me grief about it getting to me? Well, no. Here's the thing, though. The problem is 75% of this movie is hugely horrifically grotesque and graphic and then there's 25 percent that's funny and adorable and it's you know cute pet stuff and there's some interesting metaphors like trying to convince uh, reggie that he's actually been abused and he's so ingrained by how poorly he's been treated because he's never known anything differently 
you know, there's a scene where he's trying to convince him. No, 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 it's all my fault. See, yeah. and it like the, the breaks vic- your heart. The victim blames himself. Yeah. And it, there's no way this is Reggie's fault, by the way. He's like the nicest dog. And oh, I went and home Will, and I got my dog and I was like, Bear, I'll never treat you that way. Will Forte might be the worst human on the planet. Yes. He is the biggest. I mean, we talked about a lot of jerks this week, but he, without question, is the worst. The problem with this movie is how do you recommend this? No, you can't. And this is what this is on my honest opinion. Um, this is one of those movies where I think people who've seen the trailer, who think it's funny. There's going to be a lot of people who are like, okay, I could never justify going to see this in the theater, but when it comes on cable or when it comes to streaming, I'm going to watch it, even if I have to stay up in the middle of the night so nobody else knows I watched it. The couple sitting behind me, you know, a man and a woman, were laughing so hard they were crying. So this movie was for them and a lot of other people that were in that theater, including Critics Row. I heard a lot of laughter going on in there. Yeah, there was some we were laughter at each other like that, that surprised you even. Yeah, oh yeah, somebody I would never would thought this would be So that's the problem. This movie there's a sweetness factor to it that's just avalanched by all the horrifying things that can happen and do happen with dogs and interacting and uh, well and let's just take dennis quaid's word for it <laughs> that's pretty weird dennis quaid's seen some weird stuff yeah so that's strays it's rated r for very good reason oh, boy. um i do think that there's an audience that will really really enjoy this uh, but i just think i think the average person this is one where uh it just it has too much to overcome and and the balance between what is enjoyable versus what would bother you or you just be too much for you. I think it's out of whack, and, and that may prevent a lot of people from seeing it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And Doug would say many red flags in this movie. Oh, many. So many red flags. Okay, so that's Strays, rated R, and it is the other big you movie have been warned, of the, by week. the way. Yes, if you go to this, you can't say Andy and, and Steve didn't warn you about what the content is in it. Yeah, to the extreme. I mean, how do you... Wow. <laughs> Oh, there's some things that we can't talk about. You're just going to be like, oh, wow, they did do that. They did do that. Okay, so that's Strays. Okay, Steve, let's take a break. When we get back, it's time for the part that is both looked forward to and dreaded, and that is telephone torture. By dozen. The KSL Movie Show. (laughs) Telephone Torture. Okay, it's time for Telephone Torture, the number to call if you would like a chance to win the great Megaplex Theaters prize package because Telephone Torture is sponsored by Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters, the best place to see a movie in Utah. No question. This week, our theme is Movies with Blue in the title, and the number to call, 801-575-TALK. But remember, that's 575-8255. you got to earn your prize. You don't just get to call in and win. That's right. We are. Imp- we've been impre- think. Yes, we've been impressed with our movie show listeners last week. Some of them got it wrong, but they were digging. Yeah, they were digging. They they named off some great movies that weren't the right ones. But so we've got four questions here, and I think it's not going to take four questions. But nevertheless, okay. we're going to go for it anyway. And if you win, what do you get, Steve? You get uh, two tickets to the Megaplex Theater. You get two drinks and a tub of popcorn. And all for just knowing the name of the movie we're about to describe to you. Okay, so do we got people on the line, Gustavo? All right, let's bring on Kent, our first guest. Kent, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Here's the first clue. 
Notable guest stars and cameos in this movie include, check this out, Frank Oz, Cab Calloway, James Brown, John Candy, the late Paul Rubens, the late John Candy, I guess, Aretha Franklin, and Steven Spielberg. Oh, boy. Uh, with a blue in the title. Yep, three, uh, two. You've got me, you got me stumped. Blue Lagoon's the only name I can think of, but I know it's not that. Gustavo, was that correct? Uh, nah. Ah, oh, sorry, Kent. Good luck next time. Okay, who do we got up next? David. David, are you ready? We've scared David off. <laughs> David, are you there? I'm here. Oh, there you are. Okay, David, are you ready for clue number two? Yeah, I was getting talked to by the producer, so I didn't hear clue number one. Oh, no. Well, maybe this one will give it away. Theoretically, they get easier as we go along. Okay. Number one was some notable guest stars and cameos that were in the movie. Number two, this movie features a 1974 Dodge Monaco sedan that is introduced as having a 440 cubic inch plant. Cubic inch plant? Yeah, I, it's part of the joke. A 1974 uh, Dodge Monaco sedan. Three, two, one. What's your guess? What's it called? Blue car. Blue car. Is that correct, Gustavo? Sorry, David, but good try. All right. Rich, are you ready, Rich? Ready as I can be. Okay, Rich, this movie has one of the great soundtracks of all time, including a performance by the two main stars who Blues later Brothers. toured the country as their characters. Blues Brothers. Is that correct? Well, Rich. congratulations, Rich. That is the correct answer. It is the Blues Brothers. All right, so here's the question that we didn't get to. This is uh, for anybody who wanted this. We had an audio clue, if you didn't know the answer by now. Gustavo, play the audio clue. Contains this very famous line. We're on a mission from God. With the Peter Gunn theme in the background. <laughs> exactly. Well, congratulations, Rich. You won. Stay on the line. So enjoy, our... enjoy your show and, and appreciate what you guys are doing. I miss Doug, but I think you're doing a good job. Well, thank you. Thank we you, appreciate really. hearing that. So stay on the line, and we'll get your information. You've won the prize pack of two movie tickets, a tub of popcorn, and two drinks at the Megaplex Theaters. And you know what to do, Rich, to thank all the people who got the question wrong so that you could get it right. Well, here's old Blue for Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> All right, so that is telephone torture. Again, hey, good job, everybody. Yes, I'm impressed that you're in and you're ready to guess, and we got it on question three. We didn't even have to make it to question four. And, of course, uh, what we've decided, we made a, a behind-the-scenes executive decision because, once again, this week, Steve, we had somebody text in the correct answer ah. during the show. So that uh, we decided to reward those of you who maybe are in a position that you can't call in 
if we get through the questions and we have no winner on the line, mm. but someone has texted in the correct answer. The first one. The first person who's texted in the correct answer, we will give you the prize. So if you're in one of those spots, you're like, oh, I have to work and I can't get on the phone. I can't call in, but I can listen can't to the movie get through. show. That's the biggest problem. Or they can't get through. Yeah. So you're not guaranteed to win as a texter. No. It will only happen if we don't get a correct answer during uh, the uh, for the people who do get through. So don't gotcha. worry. We, we still prioritize our callers. But, yes, so Blues Brothers was the answer. Movies with blue in the title. And we appreciate everyone who played or wanted to play Telephone Torture. Okay, Steve. So before we hit break here at the bottom of the hour, I did want to – uh, talk about uh, something really quick that we didn't have a lot of time. There's, uh, I love what Apple TV Plus does with the Peanuts characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they've been releasing specials every so often. And so not a full series, although they do have one called the, uh, the Snoopy Show, which is just great. They've got had a couple seasons of it. But they released something this week called Snoopy Presents Marcy <laughs> something or other. I keep writing this down. <laughs> Snoopy Presents Marcy... A one-of-a-kind Marcy. And you know Marcy. She's Peppermint Patty's friend who wears the glasses, yeah. and she calls everyone sir. Well, in this one, she kind of gets her own chance to step into the spotlight. Aww. They finally recognize all the stuff she does. But here's the thing. And Marcy represents a lot of people who are really talented but really introverted. Yeah. And once she finds out she's in the spotlight, she kind of struggles with, like, having everybody look at her. Sure. She has great ideas, but then suddenly she goes into, like, a little bit of a self-confidence crisis because she worked much better, like kind of behind the scenes. Peppermint Patty, bombastic, and so you know she starts out as her caddy in this, and it's just I just think that they have done an amazing job with the Peanuts characters with Apple TV Plus. They've created new content that feels very much in line with the classic stuff. It's great family-friendly stuff, and it's you know obviously the animation is much improved over Charlie Brown Christmas, mm. and it's funny too, like. I mean, there's a scene where Snoopy shows up at the golf course and he's hitting golf balls around on the putting green like like he's playing pool or billiards and they're all popping in. And it's really funny. And I, I just – they're doing a great job, you know. Don't for, they own all the old ones too? They do. In fact, if you want to watch streaming of – most of the Peanuts classic stuff, you got to go to Apple TV Plus for it. So, but but it you know again seven dollars and fifty cents a month for Apple TV Plus, and there's a lot of stuff that's worth watching on Ted, there. Ted Not the least of which is Ted Lasso and the Peanuts characters. So I just wanted to give a, a shout out to uh, Snoopy Presents One of a Kind Marcy and all the other great stuff that they've got on. there. Oh, they have great stuff on there. All right. Okay, it's time at the bottom of the hour for news, traffic, and weather. When we return, we are going to what are we doing next? Oh yes. We've got the worst thing that we watched this week. Oh, boy. It's the world-famous KSL Movie Show on KSL News Radio. All right. It's the Movie Show, and we are down to our final two segments. And, man, it has been fun to talk about some of these different movies, something that, something that we like and some that we don't like. Uh, we want you to be part of the Movie Show movie show Club. Text the word MOVIE to 57500 to be part of it, and... Uh, you know, you'll get reminder texts. You'll get a, a chance to uh, call in and leave a review. You can just text us a review if you want to at five seven five zero zero. Remember, keep it to about a couple of sentences. Um, but hey, it's great. We've got uh, listeners who participate via text who listen to the show but can't call in. Yeah. So yeah, we'll take you however you want to be part of this. Your boss is watching. Exactly. If your boss is watching, you can send a text to your family with air quotes. 
And, you know, we're your movie show family. Make sure we know the code, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so now it's time, Steve, for a fun little segment that we call The Worst Thing I Watched This Week. Oh, we've covered the hits. And we've talked about the best. Now it's time for The Worst Thing We Watched This Week. All right, Steve, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I, I have think se- you I have, feel more I passionately about yours. Okay, well, let's see. What were the worst things that you watched this week, Steve? Okay, the worst thing I watched this week was a character in Passages. The guy was such a disturbing human being that I I liked the other characters, and I thought the movie had an interesting idea about greener grass syndrome that some people had. But the guy in Passages, the lead, was so despicable. Not Ben, the other dude. Uh, I, was, I just... I was writing bad words down on, on my on my notebook. <laughs> he made you so angry. I was just, my daughter, my daughter's like, Dad, what are you watching? Anyway, yeah. So it would be passages so the character based on the from character. Passages yes. is the worst thing you watched this week. Yes. But you didn't have the kindest things to say about landscape with an invisible hand either. Well, maybe I'm just an idiot, but I didn't get it. I don't think that they made their case of what they were, the allegory of authoritarianism. You know, I tried to loft it up, but when I got to it, it was just like, okay, you got like weird little squishy little Ottoman, you know, like footstool aliens that clap and say stupid things. And then they're picking on the, you know, I don't know. Yes, no, that would not be on my list. In fact, this would be the movie that mainstream audiences, if they went based on our recommendation, they'd be like, those guys are complete idiots. <laughs> I have no idea what I just watched, and I wasted, you know, 10 bucks. So it got no good recommendation from you. You're saying no. Well, I, the lead kid was good, and there were some things in it. That, you know, uh, Tiffany Haddish is always, you know, entertaining, but it, it, it just baffled me more than anything. For me, it was Stray's. Just because the content in it was the worst stuff that I've watched this week. No, I could definitely put that on my list as well, part of it. I liked the th- I liked the story of the movie. I liked the voice. Ca- I thought the voice casting was, like, perfect. Yeah. Like, w- nobody could do a more sunny disposition of a dog than Will Ferrell. I mean, he's playing, in a way, Buddy the Elf as the dog. Exactly. Um, you know, Isla Fisher, um, Randall Park, who's... He plays a dog that is a police dog, or he wanted to be a police dog, but now he's a therapy dog at a at a rest home. But he also always has a cone around his neck. And, you know, Randall Park just has that non-offensive, like the non-confrontational, just kind of a very relaxed, friendly kind of voice that really fits the, the dog. And then Jamie Foxx as the hyper Boston Terrier, just great, but... But it was just so much stuff that, you know, I was trying to think. Sometimes I watch these movies thinking when they come on cable or when they come, you know, if they went to broadcast television anymore, which they don't. Would you imagine Vid Angel trying to fix this movie? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> you got about a 20-minute movie with most of the dialogue volume turned down because that's the way the a lot of the filter services work is you just mute the dialogue at that point you have no idea and if it's if it's objectionable content then they just have to cut the scene like it just jumps to the next scene that that's the way that it works with the streaming for but, me for me it was the dog kennel that was the worst thing I, i've ever seen on any movie period that was gross disgusting and that brett felton gelman or whatever who was playing the cleanup oh, the guy cleanup guy yeah it was no. Again, some people find that funny. You talked about the couple who sat behind you just laughing themselves to tears. So there is an audience, and I believe some people, this might be their favorite movie of the year, to be quite honest. Not mine. Well, 
Also, the big dog when he when they were all oh, and he'd go howling, oh, yeah. <laughs> howling. So, like I said, it had clever stuff. I know. And if you watch the edited trailer, you might think, "Ooh, this could be fun." But you'll see in the edited trailer because they just beep it and they put a little dog in front of the mouths every time that somebody says something. Or bad. watch the red band trailer and go, "Oh dear." Yeah, you won't get through the trailer. So the worst thing I watched this week was Strays, just because of the content in it, which unfortunately soured what was a, a decent movie at times. So, all right, Steve, let's do, before we take a break here, uh, there was another a streaming series that you had a chance to watch that we didn't get a chance to talk about yet. So let's talk about that here. And that is on Netflix. What? <laughs> you got pulled in just like all the clickbait articles all through time. Depp versus Heard. Oh, my goodness. I thought I'm going to watch like 10 minutes of this and then just turn it off. But what I didn't realize was not only was it about the trial and they they took the, the testimonies like right next to each other. So you didn't have to sit and listen to two hours of Johnny Depp saying this. He'd say something. She'd say, respond. and they So they did it to, as if they were talking to each other? Yeah. Well, they edited it in a way that it made sense. Here's the part that freaked me out was the social media n- nightmare that developed around that. Amber Heard getting just blasted. They, oh, yes. Just completely decided that she was a lying, gold-digging other words. Well, if you were on Facebook at all during this trial, and, you know, I follow a lot of entertainment things. So, uh, first of all, there was over-covered, in my opinion, in the press. It was like there was, there was too much coverage of something that there wasn't day-to-day anything that really mattered. I mean, to me, the frustration about when they publicize trials is the trials are meant to be taken as a whole – and instead, it's getting put out in parts every day. So you miss a day, but you heard about this. You know, you heard these three things leading up to it, but then you miss a day. And then it becomes like a daily intake of things where everybody then is commenting as if the whole thing is done. But you're commenting in chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. And you're supposed to take this as a whole. And so, you know, you, you talked about how there was like a week's break in the trial when yeah. it actually happened. When they're not supposed to, where the jurors are not supposed to listen to anything or talk to anybody that's not that didn't happen. You know that didn't happen. They heard everything and they're like, Oh, everybody knows that Amber heard the big fat liar and Johnny Depp everybody is so knows. cool. I just that's the part human interaction in the most the worst possible way. And I, I was kind of fascinated by it. Just this is how we are now. I mean some people. Well, a lot of people. Just I mean you can go and, if you want to go onto Facebook and look up that versus heard and watch the stuff that comes up. And on top of that the the stuff that wasn't admitted in court, thousands of documents and other things that they, they said no that has a slant to it or whatever. To me suggests something that, you know, Anyway, and that's Depp versus Heard, and that is on Netflix. Is this three parts? Three parts, and does it contain a lot of like bleep needing to bleep language? Or I know it was all in court, so they probably couldn't swear too much. But yeah, they were pretty clean, I think, in court. I don't okay. remember the the people outside the court were not very nice. So people, <laughs> most of the people already have an opinion on this. But if you don't have an opinion, maybe it's worth checking out Depp versus Heard because if you I watch did, it, I you could, have an opinion going. Honestly, in. I couldn't have cared less. And now that I've seen it, I, I do have an opinion. Who do you side with? I'm not going to side. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, final segment coming up. Rapid fire, where if you missed yeah. any part of the show, you can hear what we thought of all the stuff we've talked about today. The Movie Show. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. On KSL News Radio. 
the movie show, our final segment, Steve, and it's a segment that we enjoy that we're at some point going to get a cool little intro sounder for called Rapid, Rapid Fire. Fire, where we talk about all the just, for those of you who joined us late or who are uh, listening in just uh, about to take on uh, Utah's new news, uh, we wanted to give you a, just a quick recap of all the stuff that we watched and talked about this week so that, you know, because we, Steve, spent a lot of time watching this oh stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let's make sure that everybody hears about it. Okay, so first of all, our big movie of the week was Blue Beetle. Yes, liked it. Has a nice family feel to it. It's not just a superhero movie. You're going to enjoy this. I agree. I liked it. I liked the all Latino cast. We found out from our producer Gustavo. It's very faithful to Latino culture. It's funny and it's unique. It's one you don't know of, so that you can go in with. Um, you won't have any expectations because you don't know we anything don't know about anything. it. Yeah, so you can right. just have fun learning. Strays. Okay, so it's horrifically graphic for 75 to 80 percent of the movie. Oddly enough, it's adorable for about 20 to 25 percent. Yes, if you watch the trailer, honestly, watch the trailer, the red band or the clean one, and you'll know within moments whether this is a movie for you or not. Uh, it does have some very funny parts, but it is buried under a lot of, of other stuff. Landscape with Invisible Hands, Steve, you didn't like this. Call one. me if you know what this movie's about, because <laughs> I, I would really like to know. I didn't get to see that one, so you're on your own with that. Uh, Aliens Abducted My Parents, and I'm Feeling Kind of Left Out, a Sundance movie. Yes, Really enjoyed this. Locally made. Uh, go see this film. Yep. You, you, when when you get movies like this, if you're somebody who complains about not Hollywood not putting out enough stuff for families, you got to go and watch these when they come out. We uh, we interviewed director Jake Van Wagner. Uh, if you want to hear that, you can download the Movie Show podcast. By the from, way, one movie that we didn't get to this ooh. week, Back on the Strip. This is the, <laughs> the film where a young man is... Uh, He's a magician, wants to go to Vegas. He becomes part of the Chocolate Chips, which is a, a black version uh, of Chippendales. Of the, of the, uh, the Magic Mike people. Oh. So okay. this is a Magic Mike movie with. Uh, oh, it's that, that universe? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, and then we've got uh, Passages, which you saw, but I didn't get to see. Passages is really raw. I mean, this is a very graphic uh, sexual movie, and the lead is hateable. Uh, Not just dislikable, hateable. I hate to use that word, but. Yes. Okay. Uh, for streaming, we talked about uh, The Monkey King on Netflix. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a fun family. It's very hyperkinetic that kids from today's day and age will certainly you know, gravitate to. It's not too long, so if you don't like it, you're not sitting there too long. But even if you, it's on Netflix, so you can just leave and let your kids watch it. That's what I do. <laughs> okay. Then we've got, uh, let's see, Miguel Wants to Fight on Hulu, which I enjoyed. But, again, this is one for your oldest teens and young adults and up. Very funny at times. Again, not too long. Very likable characters. But the language is probably going to throw some people off. It is a very well done, though. I thought it was a lot of fun. Okay. Then we talked about Harlan Coben's Shelter on Prime Video, a series for about young adults that – I've only seen one episode. It was interesting enough, but I wasn't in a big rush to binge it like some. It's like of the a Scooby-Doo mystery with a, a little bit more edge. It, it's it's okay so far, but it feels like it's kind of stretched out. Okay, then we had Depp versus Heard. <laughs> you're going to watch it, and you're going to go, "Why?" I feel guilty watching this, but uh, it actually is a pretty well done doc. And we talked about Snoopy presents Mars, one of a kind Marcy. Another excellent job by Apple TV Plus of creating new content from the Charlie Brown universe that feels authentic to the old it's completely family safe and it's really funny too like they they really get the charles Schulz. like whoever's doing it now i don't know if they got the same writer but they just they've got it figured out and one other doc uh, untold hall of shame this is about the balco incident 
the uh, the doping, the steroid use, right? By Barry Bonds and all of the San Francisco Giants just probably. Won. <laughs> Marion Jones actually went to oh that's to right Marion Jones who won the gold medal in Sydney in 2000 and Tim Montgomery who set the record at 9.87 for the fastest speed he also got nailed but it's just, just one guy that Conte guy who was the, in charge of Balco no one else talks so I think this is a waste of time that's too bad because you were looking for more information well I kind of wanted to see if Barry was going to fess up but he didn't <laughs> but he didn't even come on to no fess he didn't up. oh he wasn't going to oh and up then murders in the building either. episode three is about the song. It is the best. It, it, it's like a show-stopping song, like a Frozen song kind of thing. Okay. And that's an episode And three. I haven't watched that one yet. Yeah. But Meryl Streep, oh, my gosh, what a, what a treasure. All right. So that's rapid fire. Uh, we did get a text, Steve, and I, I, I appreciate the texture. Uh, Doug is missed, but you guys are hitting it out of the park. Thank you for the kind compliment oh, no to kidding. our texture. All right. Next week, Steve, we've got... Gran Turismo, a movie based on a video game that's also a true story. Is that even possible? Yeah. I mean, it's weird that it's like if you're really good at the game operation and they make you a surgeon. This, isn't like, this is like every kid's dream, right? Right. They think they can do it because, you know. I'm good at the video game. Yeah, I hardly ever wreck. And then we've got Disney Plus dropping the first episode or two of Ahsoka the Star Wars uh, series, the latest in the Star Wars series, based on the character from the Clone Wars, Rebels, and this is her. She she showed up in The Mandalorian, but she gets yeah. her own live-action yeah, series. Yeah, Rosario Dawson, who I watch all day. And then Golda is the... Um, About Golda Helen, Meir? Yeah. Helen Mirren, if you look at... Oh, you're like, wow. oh, She's in there somewhere. A biopic or biopic? What do you call those? Well, it's biopic. How do you pronounce it? Is it biopic? We, we decided biopic sounds like your... Like myopic. One-eyed one Willie. <laughs> okay. One-eyed all right, well, that's it for the movie show. We thank you for being with us. Remember, you can download it. If you missed the show or there's a part you wanted to hear, go to kslpodcasts.com and scroll down until you get to the movie show. And just remember, hey, if you keep listening to the movie show, it'll start getting closer to the top. That's just a little secret. The more people that listen, the higher up on the page it goes. So we'd love to see that moving up. All right, it's top of the hour here. Now time for Utah's new news. This is KSL FM Midvale, KSL AM Salt Lake City. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.